with the world of comic books and pop culture ever-changing. How are fans meant to keep up with the trends in the industry? Is the new event from the Big Two worth reading? What's the story on that show from that network about that hero from that comic book? Can I trust a movie review from someone who hasn't even read the source material? We have the answers you seek. These are my Big Fat Pull List's current issues. Welcome to our first episode of the Pull List's current issues, where we, your hosts, take the most recent pop culture and comic book news, dissect it, and either praise it or bitch about it. Now you know, so let's get to it. Spoiler warning. From this moment on, spoilers are in effect. In the show notes for this episode on our website, we will have listed the time code for each of these segments. So, if you do not want to be spoiled by something that we're talking about, just skip ahead Go watch, read, or do what you have to, and then finish the episode later. You have been warned. This is Smurfy, an old man quill. And now you can talk anyway, normally. Right. Thank. Okay. Just wanted yeah. to l- make right. sure that you knew oh, no. that you I'm could aware. talk normally. I, I could keep that up anyway. Okay. So I'm going to talk about Old Man Quill. For those of you who don't know, it is the third segment in the Old Man series. Old Man Logan, Old Man Hawkeye, Old Man Quill. The story of those, chronologically, actually goes Old Man Hawkeye, Old Man Logan, and then Old Man Quill. Okay, yeah. Old yeah. Man Quill about Peter Quill and what's been going on kind of in outer space. So Peter he, Quill, you mean Star-Lord. Star-Lord. Right, but he's not going by Star-Lord. Guardians of the Galaxy. So right. now, Smurfy, before you get into that, yeah. because I, I got, obviously I got Old Man Logan, okay. and I loved Old Man Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. As someone who liked both of those, but liked everything being held you know, to the planet... Does Old Man Quill connect? Should I have gotten on that train? Yes. Okay. Uh-oh. So here's what happens. First, One of the few things I'm not f- getting. First, <laughs> first issue, they don't tell you it's kind of current time, but he's older. He's got a beard. Uh, he's actually got a family, right? And he's actually ruling an entire, like, I guess you could say, like, planet and galaxy. Going up against the uni- universal church of truth. These are people that are like, if you don't conform to us, you die. Reasonable. Yeah. Reasonable. So, well, Peter Quill decides to get his fleet and go attack them before they can attack him. Uh-huh. Being like, hey, man, it's the Brash movie does. When he goes and attacks them, they're, they're fighting and thinks he wins the war. They contact him, and they're like, hey, you think you did a smart move and you got us. This is all distraction, so we get to your home planet. And he goes, what? And he turns on the comms, sees his planet with their symbol of the church on there. His world's destroyed. Oh. Kid, wife, all gone, dead. Oh, okay. So this leads to Star-Lord just going to Peter Quill, drinking a lot. So then they skip to the future. He's now got gray hair, beard, alcoholic, hates everything. Insert the Guardians of the Galaxy, or the rest of the team that is still left. Old man Rocket, okay. who is this Rocket, but he's got, like, hip kind of braces on, drawn on there, which is kind of cool. Gamora's with him. Drax is still with him. So it's more or less, you know, the Guardians that we all know and love. They're like, Peter, we need you for a mission. It involves Earth. He Where's Groot? Go back. No group. There's yeah. no group. Really? No group. Well, yeah. Rocket's not they, a group so at this time? No. Or no, no group the whole thing? There is a little bit. You find out in a few, this is a few issues later on, there's a part where Star-Lord and Rocket kind of get into it. And Peter's just like, where were you to protect my family? And Rocket Lexington goes, where were you for Groot? Oh. And then, like, everyone gets really awkwardly quiet. Oh. So you're, it's like, oh. So some something went down, and Peter turned his back on the Guardians and caused the death of Groot, apparently. Hmm. They end up back on Earth, and it is, like you said, right where the everything takes off at. Everything that happened to Old Man Hawk and Old Man Logan, still in effect. 
Okay. So they kind of crash, and now Doom is like, hey, there's a spaceship. Technology. Let's go see what's going on. So technically, where does this fall in the story? Like, is this while Old Man Logan is going on? No, it's after Old or Man Logan. Or after the events? It's after Old Man Logan. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's after Old Man Logan. Everything that changed in Old Man Logan, everything he did, mm-hmm. still in effect. Okay. The, the, the people who are dead are still dead. So okay. it's literally okay. just a continuation, okay. which is fantastic. Okay. But it's on Earth. And so even Peter's going around, and he's like, I thought this planet was, like, protected by the Avengers. Like, what happened? And people are like, dude, Avengers haven't been around in, like... Years. Oh wow! So Peter has been away from Earth, yeah, the whole time, the entire the time, the entire time. He has no idea kind of huh. what was going on. Well, that's an interesting concept, right? So now he's just like, okay, so him and the Guardians are there, and like their mission is, you know, the the Church is the Universal Church of Truth is coming one to hunt down Peter. So they're kind of on the run, and now they're on Earth. They bring in Feng Feng Foom, and they have to fight him in a gladiatory match, like. The movie Gladiator. All right, stop. You <laughs> sold me completely yeah, on that, right? <laughs> I am 100% oh, right. on board. Guess who else is in it? Taskmaster. Really? Yeah. Old Man Tasky? Old Man Tasky's right. in it. Mm-hmm. Next Work segment, is he one I'm of the gladiators? No, but he's kind of the guy who gets the gladiators. So he's like the tra- he's like the Oliver Reed, if you're if you're comparing to the gladiator yeah, movie. like, hey, man, you know who's ever never okay. been defeated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My champion. Right, okay. Boom. And so Peter actually wanders into a town. Takes on a few bad guys, kills them, and becomes like the hero of the town, which draws attention to himself, which isn't necessarily good. Right. So, yeah, and that's kind of how the story progresses. Halfway through the issue, Galactus shows up. Old Man Galactus? <laughs> Old Man Galactus shows up, which okay. is very interesting because now all the Avengers are gone, Fantastic Four is gone, X Men are gone. And he hungers? Yeah. Ooh, I am sold on this. Right. Let's I got do it. in my tumble. Like, yeah, like yeah. in uh, their only issue, nine is out currently. Okay. Out of 12. So the next three will be coming out in the next three months. So, yeah. So I'm not over yet, not but over yet. almost. Right, not over yet, but almost super, like I said, super fun book. If you liked Old Man Logan, if you liked Old Man Hawkeye, this is on the same page. I've right read there. Old Man Ho- Logan. Mm-hmm. Do I need to read Old Man Hawkeye for this, or can I just straight so, borrow it from you? Just to, I'll, You can just borrow it from me, man. Because, okay. uh, honestly, like Old Man Logan, like you read that story, we all love it. Yes. Old Man Hawkeye is oh. just the buildup, and this is Hawkeye going on his last mission before he goes blind. Yeah. As all Old Man Hawkeye is. But it's, it's super a, it's fun. A, it's a great it's book. It's a great yeah. book, because you, 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 yeah. you actually find out what happens to the Thunderbolts. Like when, when oh, the Avengers okay. went down, yeah. what happened to the Thunderbolts? Yeah. You find all that out mm-hmm. as Hawkeye goes through. Huh. You actually okay. told me yeah, that. Yeah, right. So I do know. Right. So essentially, to enjoy Old Man Quill... You do need to know about the you, Old Man Logan story. Definitely Old Man Logan. But you don't necessarily need to have read Old Man Hawkeye. Not yet. To be able right. to enjoy Old Man Quill. Not, exactly. I hope the next Old Man is Old Man Beta Ray Bill. I'm not being facetious. Well, personally speaking, I think the next chapter in the Old Man universe needs to be Old Woman Somebody. All right. Well, you know what? No, Fine. You're, you're, not, you're technically not wrong, though, because throughout the whole stories, you figure out that some of them have kids, and the kids are still around. Right. And the kids are helping him out. Like Hawkeye's kid is around. Hawkeye's got a daughter who mm, also okay. was who's also a marksman and she appears in it. Trick I didn't shot. read the book. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't remember. Arrow Lad. Now I know yeah, Kate no. Bishop. Doesn't Kate Bishop show up? Yeah. And well, Kate what... Bishop is the female Hawkeye. Yeah. Yeah, she shows up too though. She shows up too. But yeah, yeah, but his daughter shows up. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Because the yeah. daughter shows up right, like I'm what kind of crap you bring me into this time. I'm just gonna read these books. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Are you reading Old Man Quill? If so, what are your thoughts on it? Hit us up on our website or Facebook page or wherever else you can find us. Give us your thoughts. Marv Danger here with the latest on DC Universe. So what do you got for us, Marv? So DC Universe, right? (laughs) Don't encourage him! (laughs) Streaming services. What started as a small way to get the exact content you desired has exploded into a race for every company to jump into the profit pool like Scrooge McDuck. 
But while everyone is rolling out and preparing their own streaming service, DC has already launched DC Universe, which has content we all love like Batman the Animated Series and Young Justice, and new content to follow up on some of those things like the Young Justice Season 3, because Young Justice Season 2 ended on a big cliffhanger. Yeah. But it's also got things like Titans, which I haven't watched, I'll be completely honest, Swamp Thing, which I'm halfway through and really enjoying, and my personal favorite, Doom Patrol. Based on the DC comic, Doom Patrol, focuses on the origins of the team and them coming together to fight Mr. Nobody. Developed by Jeremy Carver, best known for his work on CW shows like Supernatural, and starring Brendan Fraser, Alan Tudyk, Diane Guerrero, and of course, Lord Timothy Dalton, and many more. The first season is 15 episodes, and the second season is going to premiere in 2020, both on the DC Universe service, but also HBO Max streaming service for some reason. Weird. Yeah, right? I guess it's just that popular, because the show received an amazing reception, and quite frankly, it's well-deserved. With a bonkers cast and off-the-wall scripts, it's hard not to see this as an amazing example of the quality a focused streaming service can deliver. So let's talk about the DC app for a second. I'll be honest, I've mainly used it just to watch shows. I haven't really watched many movies or read the comics. It doesn't have a great filter system if you're going for video content. Okay. Like, if I went to the movies, it's so sporadic and random what is where it's a little confusing because I. It's not, not even alphabetical order. No, it's not even an alphabetical order, numerical order. Is it kind of like Netflix then, where it's just kind of like action it, it, and just throws it up it there? It doesn't even have nope, a search okay. function. You can't search for a title? Wow. In fairness, though, I'm only using the app on my phone. I've never oh, used it okay, on a computer. Okay, okay. Because that's the most accessible to me. Because I am often on the road or on a plane. Like, generally, how I do it is when I would be flying back, I would download episodes. With Doom Patrol, I watched it with my wife. We both loved it. And that's it. But I did do a little bit of digging. And by digging, I mean I played with it for a couple hours. Uh, On the comics section, I'm happy to report I have been able to find Hitman on there. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. But it is not easy to do. (laughs) Because you can sort by five artists, five writers. That's really like all they give you. At least on the phone app. And again, that's all I'm talking about. Okay, okay. You can search by era. But the eras go from a decade to 15 plus years. So that's how I hmm. narrowed it down. I did the, I think it's called the modern age of DC. And that's where I was able to find Hitman. Okay. Um, I am sad that it doesn't, it's it's all 60 issues, but it doesn't have the JSA follow-up, which is absolutely beautiful. Or it might, and you just can't find it because the search function is all wonky. Well, that's Correct. True. Yeah. At least the comics have a filter and, a filter. They don't have a search. Hmm. It's a filter for whatever. And uh, I find it a bit buggy, but you know what? It is perfectly cromulent for what I need it for. Hmm. Okay. And what I need it for is f***ing Doom Patrol, because this show is amazing. I love it. My wife loves it. And Brendan Fraser's in it. One of the things I like about it is it's 15 episodes. So it's very small, very compact, and it really focuses in on what it does well. And what it does well is is go off script. And what I mean by that is when you watch a show, you're like, okay, well, I, I know what they're going to do. It's They're going to team up by the second episode, then they're going to fight some guys, and they're going to go through the overall arch. No. Doom Patrol goes off the rails in the first episode, and I love it. The show is narrated by Alan Tudyk. And you might know that Alan Tudyk also plays Mr. Nobody, the main villain of the show. Okay. He is basically omniscient. He can talk to characters at will. 
through his narration. He can cause events to happen. And basically, the first, say, 12 episodes is him forcing this team together to fight him. And it is terrific. They introduce a lot of great characters that I enjoy, like Danny, the genderqueer street. It is a living, sentient street, complete with shops. Yeah, I, I see the look on what? your face. So so this sounds like, and I don't know if you know about this stuff or not, Pistol, okay. but, but it sounds like it is very heavily taking its lead from the Grant Morrison and Vertigo Doom Patrol era as opposed to the early 60s stuff. I actually haven't read it, but okay. I know what you're talking okay. about because, okay. yes, in some of the reviews I read, that's what they compared this to. From the, the Vertigo Grant Morrison, Grant Morrison stuff. Yes. Okay, okay. The acting is great. It feels real because I don't know if a lot of people know what the Doom Patrol is about, but the Doom Patrol is about all these people who have these horrific accidents happen to them, and they're all brought together by the professor. Mm-hmm. Played by Timothy Dalton, who is amazing, of course. T. Dalt. Yes. Please don't say that again. T. Uh, Dalt. <laughs> <laughs> I knew exactly what was going to happen when I said that. T. Dalt. <laughs> Rule of three. Sorry. Yeah. No. Fair enough. And why Mister Nobody has this vendetta against him? I can't talk about how great Alan Tudyk is in this role as the villain narrator of this, and eventually. By episode 10, when he just gets bored, he's just like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going (laughs) to speed this all along. And that's what he does with his omniscient power. He speeds like what should have been 20 episodes. He just knocks it down to 15. (laughs) Wow. It's terrific. Yeah. Uh, There's episodes where he's not in, which in like the next episode, he'll reference and be like, you know, I guess it's all right that I wasn't in that last episode, but. It really was. So it's aware of itself. Yeah, he is aware of everything that's going on. No one else is. Everyone else, this is real life. Brendan Fraser is fantastic. Diane Guerrero is Crazy Jane. Absolutely fantastic. And the way they show her multiple personalities and the way it's explained, absolutely love it. The gentleman who plays Mr. Nobody, everything from Rita Farr, it's all there and it's all great. The only thing I'm sad about, and I don't know if this is in Grant Morrison's run, but instead of Beast Boy, who is normally a member of the Doom Patrol, they put Cyborg in. Because Beast Boy is on Titans, so they didn't want to confuse people by putting him in this as well. Well, and I, I, I know that Beast Boy may have been there once or twice, but I don't even think Beast Boy was during that run. Okay. And he certainly wasn't during the original run, because he, he's connected more to the Titans. But no, Cyborg has never... I, I That's what I found to be most bizarre. I haven't watched the show yet. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't have the app or, or anything. But, uh, yeah, I found that to be very odd that Cyborg was added to the Doom Patrol because they, they keep pushing him so much in the Justice League comics. And then, you know, whether Ray Fisher continues to play him or not, they're pushing him in the movies with the Justice League. So I found it surprising that he was in the show when there's so many other bizarre characters that they could have done. I mean, is Negative Man in the show? Yeah. He is in the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So I think the reason he's there is he is essentially the backbone okay. of this team coming together. He's the one, uh, except for Mr. Nobody, who is like, we need to come together. We need to fight these things. We need to find the professor, and we need to get him back. Because early on, Mr. Negative kidnaps the professor by sucking him into a black hole Mi- through a goat. Mr. Negative or Mr. Nobody? Sorry, Mr. Nobody. Mr. Nobody. Yes. Okay. My mind scatters for all my favorite moments, whether it be Flex Mentallo showing up. I was going to ask you if he was in it. He oh, is. Wow. Terrific. <laughs> okay. Uh, the guy that gets to play him, spot him. All right. All right. 
but not only is it fun and crazy with Flex Metallo or, you know, Mr. Nobody narrating and then making things happen, it's also kind of dark in, in the undertones because I'm not going to spoil it. But even though we've said spoilers, I, I really want people to watch us who don't know Doom Patrol because I went in blind to Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. And what I found there was great. As fun as Danny, the genderqueer street is, there's a lot of really dark tones, especially with like someone like Rita or... Mr. Negative. Man, it's a fun ride. It's so it, it's such a good emotional roller coaster because originally Rita and and Mr. Negative don't want to be heroes. They're they're basically like Robot Man, Crazy Jane, Cyborg, do it on your own. We want no part of this. We want to be as regular as possible for as long as possible. And it's not really possible. So is that the team? Is that the five? Yes, it so is. So there's no uh, what's her name? Elasti girl or that something? That is Rita Farr. Oh, that is Rita. Oh, yes. okay, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the team is Robot Man, Crazy Jane, Mr. Negative, Elastigirl. This, they never call her that. And honestly, they never really show her using her powers the way it is in the, that I've seen it used in the comics right. or in off one-off cartoons. They're probably she, not calling her that because of the whole Incredibles. Incredibles yes. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't actually, even think of that. Yeah. They more show her powers as a, uh, as a disability. Because whenever she loses control, she kind of just starts to melt. Oh, okay. So, okay. so it's like almost like a clay face scenario where like right. unless she's focused and, and zoned into herself, she can't she cannot take form. Like her legs will start to turn to jelly or her face will start to melt a bit. Yeah. And the, the way they deal with a lot of their issues and coming about is really good. There's just so many great moments and like they're all swirling in my head from Robot Man fighting a giant gator. That's just something he does. He just goes to the swamp. To Crazy Jane and her underground. Oh, there's so much goodness there. I can't recommend it enough. So are you guys interested in this at all? I very much am. Well, you have a background. You know at least the comic book origins of different versions of the team. And I, Smurfy and I know absolutely nothing you know, it's, about Doom Patrol. It's interesting. I, I would have thought, being such a big X-Men fan... That you would have gotten into it, Mr. X, at some point. Because back in the 60s, in the Silver Age, this was the X-Men. I could be wrong, and if I am, you know, maybe, you know, somebody out there listening can can get on social media and correct me. But I do believe that Doom Patrol came before X-Men. And X-Men took off, and so Doom Patrol had to change to be something different. So it's a very dark, um, messed up version of X-Men. I'm surprised it never appealed to you. Well, you got to remember... I wasn't collecting DC comic books until the early 2000s. Well, that's true. Yeah, good point. So, except for anything that appeared on an animated TV series, I didn't know about. And since Doom Patrol never showed up on any of the cartoon shows, I didn't know who they were. I think the only time they actually showed up, they had like, DC had these small little DC shorts on uh, the Cartoon Network, but this was 2010s. The only time they showed up was one episode of Teen Titans. And that's where I know Beast Boy from being on Doom Patrol. Because in the episode, they know him and they call him by his name, Garth. Right. And that's it. And I, I don't imagine you watch Teen Titans. It was a fantastic show. It took a, Like X-Men Evolution, it took a minute to get off. But once it did, it got really good. Otherwise, honestly, I was drawn to this by Brendan Fraser. I'll, I'll be cards on the table. Love that man. So anything he was associated with? I'm going to give it a check out. Yeah, I'll I'll watch it if I ever decide to get the the app for the streaming service, but I'm not in any kind of rush because well, it's still a work in progress. 
and they're they're canceling shows, they're chopping shows in half to where they have only half as many episodes. I want that service to run smoothly before I actually commit. So once it comes to DVD, Blu-ray, maybe I'll maybe I'll pick it up just for Larks, or maybe I'll borrow it from somebody. I uh, but think, but yeah, yeah, I think that's a possibility. I think Titans is out on DVD Titans and is Blu-ray. already out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it'll be available yeah. on on and box sets. Personally, and stuff like I'm going to buy this as well, just so they can never take this away. Okay, well Especially, when you buy it, I'll borrow it. Yeah, that's fine. I, I honestly I think you'll really enjoy it, not because of the X Men, uh, just just based on our personalities. I think you'll really have a good time with it, and. If I can, if you do decide to get the DC streaming app, you can also read the comics. Yeah, that's, again, so appealing, that's, but... Mm-hmm. But, again, the search function. But I will say that they one of the things they do have is, like, search by, I want to say, uh, not title, but series. So you could eventually find the Doom Patrol series and go from there. So, our lovely listeners out there, have you watched Doom Patrol on the DC streaming if so, what are your thoughts? What's your favorite moment and who's your favorite character? Reach out to us on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or website and Gmail. We have a lot of ways for you to get in contact with us. And we just want you to reach out and touch us digitally. And now it's time for a segment that we call A Prescription from Dr. Impact. I'm the DC guy. That's what I was brought in for. That's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm actually going to talk about Primarily the City of Bane storyline ah, and Batman. But I also want to touch a little bit on the Tom King Batman run. And how long has Tom King actually been writing Batman for? Tom King started writing Batman with the relaunch during Rebirth, when Rebirth started. So he started at, um, this is Batman, I guess, Volume 3 now. Snyder and Capullo did the New 52 launch. Right, right. So this is Volume 3. So he has been writing it since Rebirth started. Oh, okay. Um, He was supposed to go all 100 issues. He was contracted through issue 50. Sales were good. And so he extended his contract through issue 100. But apparently he has been pseudo-fired from the book now. His run will end with issue 85. And he's getting a new book called Batman Catwoman. And that will continue the storyline from this. But I, yeah, it's very weird, and, and and I don't I don't really understand the process there. We want to keep you writing Batman, but we don't want you to actually be writing it in the Batman book. Well, and apparently the <laughs> fans started complaining. I imagine about they it. should. Fans started. Well, no, not they were complaining about him writing the book, oh. which is what got him kicked off the book hmm. because they- he's he's a very. Uh, very intelligent writer, and he's a very slow burn writer. So you would read five or six issues and think, what in the world is going on? And people were getting upset rather than waiting until the end of the arc. Right. People got very upset that the wedding did not go through between Batman and Catwoman. I don't know why they wanted it to. I mean, I guess it would have been something different and interesting. But every time he does an arc, Mm. uh, they get very upset. The arc just previous to City of Bane was this storyline where he had been captured and thrown into Arkham. And we didn't know that as we were reading the arc. It's just every issue was like a completely separate storyline where he was confronting some bizarre scenario. And almost like each issue was almost like an Elseworlds. But they were all chapter. I forget what the the title of the story arc was, but it was you know chapter one, chapter two. They were clearly part of the same run. 
And people really started complaining about that series rather than just waiting it out and seeing where is this heading. But what happened was that you find out that his father, Thomas Wayne, the Batman from Flashpoint, is the one who put him in Arkham and put him in this mental nightmare state. So every one of those issues was a nightmare that okay. he was stuck in. I'll be um, honest. This guy's. I, I really dig this style. Like, I enjoy a good slow burn. These are slow burns, and they're very, very intelligent, and they're mm-hmm. very symbolic, and and I was gonna go cerebral, and very cerebral. Yes, that's a great way to put. It. Yeah, very mm-hmm. cerebral. Tom King dares comic fans to think. Oh my you god! Read. Now I'm all for the magic of comics. Our new phrase that we've coined. Yes. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's okay to have to think, to be forced to read between the panels, right. if you will. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, to put things together. And Tom King does that. Anybody who read his Vision series at Marvel or his Mr. Miracle run at DC last year, which was fantastic, will be able to tell you that. So he, he has been building this amazing story, and it turns out since Batman issue one, everything he's been doing has been building to this City of Bane story and whatever it is that he has planned for Batman Catwoman. Now, the City of Bane storyline is essentially Thomas Wayne, who Bruce and Barry Allen, Flash, uh, came in contact with during the button and, and in other things since then, was believed to have died. In, a, in an attempt to absolutely destroy the Flashpoint world. The Flashpoint world, it seems, was not actually destroyed. It was created as a separate Earth. And so it's, you know, part of the multiverse out there. But, but it was believed to have been destroyed uh, by Thomas, who sacrifices his life to do so. Well, now he's around in our Earth, in regular Earth 1, whatever it is he's kind of behind a lot of this and we still don't know exactly how he survived that hasn't been made apparent yet and we still don't entirely know all of his reasonings but he has been messing with batman and trying to break batman because he's been working with bane so what has happened now that city of bane has started batman's been broken and he's been mentally or physically both. Okay. Physic- not not as much as backbreaking mm. Nightfall Batman, but he's been beaten. He's been left in the middle of a giant pit out in the desert somewhere by Flashpoint Batman. And Catwoman comes across him. She has found him at the start of City of Bane, and she's kind of nursing him back to health, which of course is messing with his mind because she left him at the altar. So in the meantime, Flashpoint Batman and Bane have completely taken over Gotham. Completely. Now, does Thomas dress as his version of his Batman? His version of Batman. Okay, so people still see. They can tell, and, and they comment constantly about it being the fake Batman. Okay. And he's brutal and lethal, mm-hmm. just like he was before. The interesting thing now is that as the City of Bane storyline is going, which I believe started in issue 75, there's been a little bit of a time jump between issue 74 and 75. By the time 75 starts, Bane has taken over, and... Any Arkham inmate or Batman rogues villain who has agreed to it has become part of his army. He's done away with the Gotham City Police Department. They're gone. And in its place is still a GCPD, but Hugo Strange is now the commissioner of Gotham. Riddler and Joker now work together as a squad car. Oh, good lord. And torment 
Harvey Bullock in their office at the GCPD. I feel that could be just a comic on its own. It's it's really insane. And there are other villains out there who have not sided with Bane. Scarecrow, Kite Man, uh, to name a few. <laughs> oh, because... I'm telling you, I know. Tom, I'm Scarecrow, telling you, no one cares about that guy. Tom King's run brought us a Kite Man during the War of Jokes and Riddles. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe he made Kite Man freaking cool. It is unbelievable. And now he's brought Kite Man back um, for City of Bane. But Who so knew? we don't we don't know how this is going. I think issue 79, I want to say, is the last issue that has come out. It's one of the few things I'm caught up on City of Bane. But the biggest thing is that at the end of issue 75, it does loosely tie into the year of the villain. And Lex Luthor, who has been going around and making all these offers to people in everybody else's books, of course, at the end of issue 75, has come to Bane and made him an offer. What do you want? And Bane says, basically, I kind of have everything I want. I don't really give a shit about your multiverse crap. Best of luck to you if you're able to control it all, but I don't really care and I don't think you will. I did what Batman never could. I made Gotham safe. Because he did. Now, he did it through dictatorship and through a big brother system. And because if you don't follow the laws that Bane has put into place, Joker or Riddler or any number of them will come and get you. <sighs> so, you know, it's certainly rule by fear. But he has, he has done it. He has cleaned up crime in Gotham. And he has made it in a pseudo sense, safe. So he's done what Batman never could. He didn't give a shit about anything else. So what he asks for is he asks for governmental help. He wants, essentially, Gotham walled off from the rest of the country. Okay. And he wants no costumed heroes allowed in or out, ever. So that that gets put into place, specifically Bat Family. Now, at this point, he's also captured Alfred. And he's holding Alfred prisoner in, uh, I want to say, in Wayne Manor. So I'm assuming because Thomas Wayne Batman is working with Bane, Bane knows yes. that Batman is Bruce. Yes. Okay. At this point, yes, I'm sure he probably does. Now, they haven't specifically stated that, but I'm sure that that's what's going on. Because okay. Flashpoint Batman is operating out of Wayne Manor. He's operating out of the Batcave. He's got Alfred held prisoner there. His personal Alfred, by the way, is the ventriloquist. Hmm. Which is interesting. Yeah. No, no Scarface anywhere yet, although the ventriloquist has heard him talking, but he hasn't actually shown up. The most specific regulation that he has asked for is that no one connected to the Bat family be allowed into Gotham ever again. And if anyone steps foot, they'll kill Alfred. Anyway, Damien gets in, because Damien's going to do whatever the hell he does, wants to do. He gets in and fights Flashpoint Batman. And they go at it. Flashboy Batman captures him with the help of Bane, brings him back to Wayne Manor. And he tells him, listen, Damien, you messed up, kid. We told you not to come in. And now we've got to make an example. And Bane snapped Alfred's neck. He's dead. Alfred's dead. He says, now, before you think that because we've killed Alfred, now the Bat family's going to just start jumping in, don't think that, because clearly now we have a new hostage, and it's you. So now the new threat is, if anybody from the Bat family comes in, we'll kill Damien. That's that's essentially kind of where I've left off. Pretty you know. serious. Yeah. Um, Bruce has been nursed back to health by Selina. 
they're traveling around the globe, and unlike The Dark Knight Rises, it takes them far more than three minutes to get from one end of <laughs> the globe to Gotham City to save things. Especially when they made money. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, yeah, so they've been traveling across the country trying to get back to Gotham so that Batman can restore everything. And, of course, this is the first time they've seen each other since she left him at the altar. So they're dealing with their own mental and emotional baggage as it's going. Awkward. It's, it's Yeah, it's very awkward. Uh, and, and I don't know if that's building to a reconciliation since there's going to be a offshoot book of the two of them. I, I don't know. But it's it's great, and I think Tom King's just done an amazing job. I've never been a Batman reader. I like Batman fine, especially if he's you know on a team book. But other than Nightfall, I don't know that I've ever. Oh, but maybe No Man's Land. I read mm. Nightfall and I read No Man's Land. Yeah. Mm. Other than that, I've never read Batman Monthly ever. But this Tom King run is fantastic. I, I can't recommend the book enough. How's the art? The art's pretty good. It it jumps uh, artists. Uh, I think it started out, if I want to say, with David Finch. Okay. So really solid start. I forget the other alternating artists, but but the one that does a lot of it is Tony Daniel, who's also a wonderful artist. He does a lot of the covers, too. So the art is always very solid. Uh, and this is just the Batman book. This is not Detective Comics or any of the offshoots. But, I yeah, I can't. I really can't rec- recommend it to you guys enough. Is this available in trades? Not yet. Okay, Not that as is of yet. disappointing. I'm would... sure it's coming. I'm okay. sure it's coming very soon. It's still in the middle of the story. I mean, we still have, what, four or five issues left. Sorry, let me let me rephrase. Is any of Tom King's run in trades right now? Yes. Okay. Yes. The first 72 or three issues, I believe, have been put in trades. Perfect. Okay. So, yeah, they are available. I will um, buy these. And, and it really does, you really do need to, to understand City of Bane you really do kind of need to read Tom King's whole run because everything that he's been doing has been leading to this. Okay. It is all connected somehow. And there's a lot of questions still to be answered as to how, but um, but that's the, you know, the beauty of storytelling. And that's where we want to ask all of you. Are you fans of the Tom King Batman run? Or are you one of the many people who have had issues with the Tom King run? Head on over to our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or our website at mybigfatpolis.com, and let us know your feelings. And now, a breaking weather report. Hurricane Hickman descends upon Marvel. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Everybody has talked about things that they like, things that they're enjoying. Well, I'm going to talk about something that I find annoying. I don't hate this. I don't love it. But I don't hate this. Yet. Jonathan Hickman has been given the reins by Marvel to reshape the X-Men line of comic books and propel it into the future. Now, since Marvel owns the movie rights to the characters, now they actually give a damn about what happens to them in the comic books. So Hickman has two series going on, two series that are one. When this story starts, we are essentially given a clean slate for the mutants. It is not explained how certain characters are alive again. It's just there is a budding mutant community. Ta-da. Right, ta-da. But not only that, it's wrapped around Krakoa, the island that walks like a man. Well, we are now deciding that we are going to turn this character into like the most important being 
that has ever walked the earth. Okay. Because now Krakoa is able to produce seeds that can do interesting things. One of them being the ability to open portals to other parts of itself. Very cool, but completely different than anything we've ever seen previously where Krakoa is concerned. Do all seeds have all the same powers? No, there are no, there are there different, are different ones. Okay. There are some seeds that have healing properties okay. that work only for humans. Mm-hmm. Being an entrepreneur, Xavier decides, this is how we're going to get the humans to allow us to be a nation, a people. We're going to sell them drugs, hmm. pharmaceuticals. Big that, pharma, baby. It, it, yeah, but the thing is, is that this stuff helps... Uh, what was it? Slow down aging, uh, add, add five, five years, years to I your think. your yeah, life, yeah. things like that. Things that like a wonder cure all drug right. or something to that effect. Yeah. Okay. So of course people are going to want it, and they're going to be willing to give whatever they want for it. So the X Men essentially become a nation again under X, indivisible by God. Right. And everybody is working for the same goal. Okay. Cool. This is a shot in the arm for the X-Men books that I believe, and I'm a huge X-Men fan, has been needed. Because over the last, I want to say, about decade, we've really only been dealing with the nostalgia of the X-Men. Not saying that there's anything wrong with that, because it's been fun seeing old characters and old storylines revisited, revamped, and turn on their head. But we haven't really focused on propelling the line. And again, that's because Marvel didn't want to. Because then the movies could use that cool stuff, and they weren't going to help Fox do anything with their property. Well, now the X-Men are back home. So, yeah, we're wow. going we're gonna to treat them like they're, they're the royalty that they are. I am enjoying the series because it's something different. But it's something almost so alienly different that diehard X-Men fans might actually be turned off by it. Big warning there. Something has happened recently mm-hmm. in the issues that has caused me to pump the brakes extensively. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. So in one issue, the X-Men are sent on a, what could be a suicide mission, to an orbiting satellite around the sun where a group of human scientists have created a mother mold. A mother mold is a machine that creates master molds. And we all know that master molds create sentinels. sentinels. So what the cool thing about this whole miniseries is, is that not only does it look at the present, the new present for these mutants, but it takes a look at their past, revealing things that we didn't know, but it also takes us into the far future. And we get to see certain events, and we learn... That this is the moment. This mother mold is what will eventually be the domino that falls that will create Nimrod. The deadliest artificial intelligence next to Ultron. But I mean, it's deadly. It's, it's more deadly because not only does it want to kill mutants, but once mutants are gone, well, let's kill the species that spawns mutants. So let's get rid of the humans too. Make sure no more mutants. Well, this is it. Right. Well, this is it. This is the moment. We have to destroy the, the mother mold. And the entire team dies. And I'm talking Cyclops, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Jean Grey, to name just a few of the team. Okay. Dead. 
I thought, and obviously you'll correct me now that I'm wrong, Nightcrawler couldn't die. Oh, he can. Okay. He just can't go anywhere. Well, uh, again, this is a new interpretation because we're about to... Here's where the shoe drops. Okay. The very next issue, we find out that on Krakoa, we, we, we constantly see these weird giant pods. Well, we find out, I don't know how familiar you are with the character of Gold Balls, but he was introduced during Brian Michael Bendis' run of the Uncanny X-Men. His ability literally is he can shoot giant gold balls out of his body, and they bounce around... And then they fade away. He was always a fun character. I he always enjoyed him. He was a fun character. Yeah. He was a very maggot-like character. Okay. Weird power, weird quirky personality. But made the dynamic with the team fun. Exactly. Well, those aren't balls. They're eggs. Oh. Unfertilized, unusable eggs. But with the power of five other mutants, the most five important mutants on the planet... Gold Balls lays the dormant eggs. Proteus turns them into viable eggs. Hope Summers injects the egg with mutant DNA from Mr. Sinister's library because he has an entire catalog. Wow, they're going, whoa. Yeah, he has an entire catalog of every mutant DNA. Right. Elixir makes the egg and the DNA fuse and viable, and Tempest manipulates time to accelerate the growth rate to where you have a fully functioning clone of anybody that you choose. I wonder who they do. Hmm. On top of that, we also learn that, and this is from the beginning, we're just learning this now, Cerebro has two functions. Oh. One has always been its main function, the ability to locate mutants on the Earth. What we, the reader, have never been told... For decades. And decades. And decades. Is that Cerebro also makes a digital copy of a mutant's consciousness... They were that from Tony Stark, anyway. What Xavier is able to now do is every week... He has Cerebro download the latest version of all of his mutants just in case something happens. So all of those X-Men who died in the previous issue, heroically, they're back. So it's X-Men the Clone Saga. The Clone Saga. I hate clones. You know what? We're together on this. I hate them with a white, hot, fiery passion because... The ability to just come back because you're a clone takes away all peril. All. Completely. There's no threat anymore. There is no threat. Now, anybody can come back, Mm -hmm. and anybody who sacrifices themselves or is murdered or anything, there's no death. All you have to do is just be regrown again and downloaded. Hey, guys, go ahead and get into the uh, Blackbird. Why don't you fly back to Krakoa? I'm going to blow the building up. I know I have to do it from the inside, but just, you know, I'll see you in a couple of days. You know what? If you get to take like, those five nightcrawlers no and fun. go ahead and Amstrad, because we'll just keep making them. We'll make a whole army of guys. Yeah, in the issue where the X-Men die, mm-hmm. Xavier cries. He feels the loss of his students, of his family. But in the next issue, when they're regrown, there's dialogue of, I know I shouldn't, but every time this happens, I cry. 
So he's done it before. I feel your death. Oh, yeah. Apparently, they've died several different times. So it's the Venture Brothers all over again, but not nearly as fun. Yeah. This is where I end my rant. If anything happens to anybody but Gold Balls, you just find another mutant with that power set. I don't want to see Gold Balls die, but the only way you bring Peril back to being a mutant is by killing Gold Balls. And I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. It's not. I'm not saying that that's what I want to happen. But if something doesn't happen before the end of this series and then the Dawn of X books that are coming to where there is actual peril being a mutant, why should I and anybody else who love these characters give a damn? As a survivor of a clone saga, that sounds fucking awful. What about you, folks? Are you reading House of X and Powers of Ten? How are you enjoying it? What are your feelings? I want to know what you think about sending the clones with the downloadable consciousness. Does this even make them real anymore? Let us know by heading over to our website at mybigfatpulllist.com and share your thoughts and your feelings about clones. Well, those were our current issues, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you were entertained and informed. Until next time, I am Mr. X. I'm Smurfy. I'm Dr. Impact. I'm Pistol Danger. And we'll see you next time. That's our show, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe on the podcast listening app of your choice. What he means is download and subscribe on every app possible. Want to help support the show? Head over to our Patreon and take advantage of all the cool incentives we have to offer. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, keep your web fluid sticky. Your batarangs sharp. Ouch. And your space guns charged. That's not a space gun. That's Megatron. I like how we all did the to the ear thing for the reporter. I didn't. Anyway. Stop yeah, because you're, you're, you're lame. Yeah. Duh. I didn't know we had to. You don't have to, but it's, it's fun. It helps. <laughs> There's three questions. Each one of you are going to ask oh, a question. Okay. So, Pistol, ask the first mm-hmm. one. How are fans meant to keep up with trends in the industry? That is part of the first sentence that I just read. <laughs> no, I wasn't paying attention. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I was wondering where that was. I was like, what? <laughs> God, dude. But this isn't edited in any way. Oh, my God. I'm going to stab you with a pencil. You were doing really so well. You were. Oh, I, you were. When you lead me to water, of course oh, I'm man. going to drown myself. <laughs> you almost made it five whole minutes without being a jackass. No. Proud of you. That's magic of comics. Yes. Just 100%. Really the train. Let it be Everything shouldn't be a setup for a joke. Yes. This is not the Laugh Ha Ha comedy podcast. Wait, what? Yes, you're in the wrong podcast, sir. Oh, you gentlemen. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs>